Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Heel Turn, our live weekly wrestling podcast and the official podcast of ProWrestling.Cool. It's not just cool, it's dot cool. We're here to talk about this past week in AEW, which means we're talking double or nothing. We're talking news that happened, because they don't have a TV show yet. And I, I guess we'll talk about the WWE. I'm Do we have to? Eh... A little bit. I mean, NXT TakeOvers this Saturday, so I guess we should talk about it. I guess they are technically WWE, as much as I like to pretend they aren't. I know. But I'm Owen, joined as always by John. Joined as always by everybody out there on the internet. Isn't that cool? It's that cool. We are streaming over at twitch.tv slash ozoneonline. Check us out, because we are monitoring the chat and our Twitter at the Heel Turn. So send us your questions and your comments, and we'll get to them as we deem fit. Owen. John. There's a lot of wrestling this weekend. Yeah, I'm, I mean... Just a lot of wrestling in general. I actually of, just a, spent a lot of the past week watching wrestling, which is weird. What were you watching besides AEW? Um, well, I mean, clearly I watched some of Raw and some of SmackDown. I mean, not a lot of either, but actually I watched most of SmackDown. I barely watched any of it. You didn't miss much. I, I know. <laughs> it's a better show than Raw from my... Understanding, but also, yeah, <laughs> that's not saying much. Hey, John, you know what I did instead of watching wrestling? What's that? I escaped into the virtual world. Okay. Y- you know what I got this past week? Yeah, I'm fully aware that you are a fool and bought a fucking Oculus Quest. Why am I a fool? Because you're buying another VR thing. Yeah, one that I'm, like, really enjoying. Because I don't have to be confined to a certain room and have to, like, lug a bunch of stuff around. I can just put it in a travel case, take it anywhere, and do virtual reality stuff. That actually tracks properly. I just feel like the problem with VR so far isn't the fact that I'm situated in front of my television. No, I mean, the, well, I'm, my problem is that we're, my television is, is not a lot of space. I don't have a lot of space either. You've seen my living room. I can take this anywhere. I can go outside with it. I've not gone outside with it yet. But okay. I have gone to my living room. So, it, it's it's really cool. Because I'm like, oh, this is what it's like to have like a high-resolution headset that actually tracks properly. Unlike the PlayStation VR, which has the shitty move controllers. And it's great. I can play super hot VR and actually be able to like pick up stuff off the ground. It's nice. To me, the issue is still 90% of the interaction with VR I just don't want to have. I like to throw the guns in the air. It's fun. Yeah, super hot VR is cool. Yes. And then I there's like, I don't know, five other games? Um, Dance Central is out on the quest. That's a lot of fun. I mean, I Dance guess they have VR. to put Dance Central somewhere because I don't have Connect anymore. Again, it's not tracking the feet, but it's fine. It, it tracks the head. It's close enough. Um, I also got Thumper on the quest, and it runs perfectly. I got Beat Saber. Still play Thumper. You should play Thumper in VR. It's the only way to play it. 
It's rhythm violence that surrounds you in all directions. I've heard this. And also, I got Beat Saber, which today they announced they're going to later update it to include the ability to add custom songs. So that's cool. Beat Saber's a lot of fun. Also, is that the the one made by the the odd... By the what? The... Oh, God, who are those people again? The... What's that fucking email like? Audio Surf. I don't know. I don't know who makes it. But it's really good. You got the two lightsabers and you slice the boxes. Good. But, um... The number one positive thing about the Oculus Quest is that the way it does sound, like, of course you can have headphones to put on, but also you can, they just have speakers in the headset. And the way it's set up is you can be, like, you know, listening to the game and everything, but you can still, like, hear people outside of the headset and, and be able to have the conversations and stuff. So you're not totally disconnected from the outside world. Which is a big problem sometimes in VR, when you get trapped in there and you don't think about the objects or the people around you. Well, it's good. I think- I, 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 and it's also only $500 for the entire thing. You don't need a computer. It's great. I, I like the Quest a lot. Have you made any dumb purchases lately? No. Nah. I mean, you you... Spent $50 on a pay-per-view. That wasn't a dumb purchase, though. That was a good purchase. That was, like, an unequivocally good purchase. That was, like, unequivocally well worth the $50 purchase. I just hope they don't charge $50 again. I feel like they probably will for a certain other show. And you know what? I'll pay it. For Fighter Fest. You're going to pay $50 no. for Fighter Fest? No. I was talking about All Out. Come on. Yeah, but they're putting Fighter Fest on BR Live. Yeah, I saw Invite for the Fallen. I mean, I'll I'll pay 20 bucks for that. Maybe 30 that's, 25 that's I don't know. It's a lot of money. It I is, but, like, if this is what they're going to do, is they're just going to put on, like, a couple little cheap shows while they get their television shit sorted out? Like, you know what? I'm intrigued. I want to huh? see... F- I want to see one of those matches. Uh, I want to see uh, a couple of those matches. Our pal Oscar's in the chat. What do you got to say, Oscar? He he says, you know what's cheaper than buying a double, double or nothing on pay-per-view? Yeah, buying, what's that? Buying a ticket to double or nothing for $39. But hey, guess what? You also had to buy a flight. And a hotel. That's true. And a, and a, a tailored suit for some reason. I mean, that just makes sense. I mean, he he got that after the show. He didn't get it to wear during the show. He, he kind of oh. fucked up. And then you, clearly you fucked up. If you're not going to wear your Sunday best to the Saturday pay-per-view, then what the fuck are you doing? It's true. Gonna get a tailored suit and not wear it to double or nothing. Fuck off. Exactly. Get off my show. Good, well, good news for you, John. He's not on our show. But if people want to hear Oscar's live you know, impressions... From being at Double or Nothing, he'll be doing a podcast with our pal Trace, I think, this week or next week. At some point, it's going to go up. And that's going to be for all our patrons, not just at the 999 tier. That'll be for all patrons. Also, stay in the chat so I can keep mocking you. 
Also, Oscar says, you're acting like I don't already own multiple tailored suits. What the fuck are you doing, Oscar? I mean, that's fair. I have, like, three tailored suits. He's silent and profiling. Yeah, I mean, I got three. I I, I don't have a tailored suit. I just have a regular ass suit. Should get it tailored? Wait, what are we defining tailored as? Like, like... Custom made for you? Kinda. Okay, in that case, then yeah, I don't have I don't have a, a custom made suit. Well, he's in Vegas. That's what happens. No, because then he would have to leave it there. Yeah, Ash, you're right, Oscar. You have to return it. Oscar, you got to return the suit. I'm sorry, you can't get your money back, but you know the rules. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And, and look at him now. He's in chat saying that they were custom made for him. Fucking custom-made tailor suit. Fuck this I guy. mean, he's very big. It, it, that's also what he brings up. He's also a giant man, which is true. He's he's very big. Like, it's a lot easier, you know, me, like, fucking five, ten and a half, like, kind of average build. Like, it's a lot easier for me to get a suit and then just have it, like, fit to me than I'm sure it is for Oscar. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm also 6'4", so it's you know, not easy to get a suit. Yeah, I know, but I mean, at least you're on, like, the end of suits where it's, like, they're still making, like, normal-ass suits that you don't have to go to, like, the big and tall necessarily for. Yes, Oscar's a very large man. But we need to stop talking about Oscar. He has his own podcast. Head over to Patreon.cool, either this week or next week. That'll be good. I know, Oscar, can you scrounge up some uh, some XFL news quickly? No, there's no XFL news. Also, he's not allowed to jump on the podcast. You know the rules. He's banned. I know that rules are made to be broken. Nope. Hey, John. Like the rules of wrestling. What? Because some crazy shit happened this weekend that broke all the rules that we've known in the American wrestling scene forever. You you want to get into wrestling news? I mean, I just gave you the perfect segue, didn't I? All right. Hey, John. That's the song. Also, Oscar, no, you're not scrounging together f- fake XFL news to send to us. Don't do that. Send to me, Oscar, as a PM. It's cool. No, don't. Because it won't go through the stream. You know how this works. Anyway. But I'll read it. No. <laughs> because he said he's going to record it, so it's audio file, clearly. Hey, John. Send it to me, Oscar. I will listen to it and have real Toronto Oscar read it out loud. I hate this. Hey, John. Number one. That's yeah, a, that's what's a, up, a, Owen? Number one, that's a different podcast that that character exists in. It's uh, all the podcasts. They're oh. all becoming one podcast. That's the secret. Uh, that's the secret of the new I'd rather no. not plot line is that John, all the John, podcasts become one podcast. John, but that includes Takes Bakery, and we both know we don't want that well it's a good thing that just like uh just like the last i'd rather not plot i just made that up okay fair as i went but, along but we got one news story it's a big one and it covers a lot of stuff it's kind of a composite news story yeah like because you would put one thing and i was like that's not enough considering that like all the other shit that they announced yeah um uh- so people watching live can see the video that John's, you know, kind of got like a beard going on, a little scruffy hair, and like a tank top. 
So I'm gonna say that you're a you're good doppelganger, John Moxley. I'm doing my cosplay. It's true. Yeah, you're doing your cosplay of evil John Moxley. But yeah, John Moxley's doing all the things. He sure is. I mean, uh, obviously, we as, as I'm sure everybody out there knows, he, of course, made his fucking AEW debut right at the end of the, the main event and fucking killed everybody, and it was amazing. Yeah. And but, then they announced a bunch of indie dates for him, uh, as well as announced that, yo, he's going to be fighting, like, okay, well, first of all, I guess, uh, for about a month or so, New Japan has been showing this weird video of, like, this dude in a bar with a knife. knife Another knife pervert. Another knife pervert who seems to watch uh, Juice Robinson matches and get upset. And, I mean... It's me. It's all of us. Let's be fair. (laughs) Damn. And, I mean, I'm just going to throw it out there. Like, I'm kind of surprised that, like, people didn't get it beforehand like you know it's easy for me to say in hindsight considering i never saw the video before like they announced who it actually was but i mean come on just look at it it looks like it's made in the by the exact same people as the the people that made the fucking moxley promo video because it probably is it's probably ambrose's friend yeah i mean moxley's friend yeah come on man don't don't use his slave name Look, it's hard. Okay, a wow heel turn. I'm not sure you can make heel that turn. joke. B, um, hey John, after the podcast he put out today, I'm going to say I, I was can going make to say joke. B. Look, man, I don't know if you remember like the first like minute of that podcast, but it literally in like the intro that they recorded after the fact. He fucking Jericho calls him Dean Ambrose. Yep. So you know what? Everybody's doing it. No, not everyone. Just you and Jericho. But yeah. Point being, next Wednesday, as in next, next Wednesday, motherfucker John Moxley's fighting uh, Juice Robinson for the IWGP United States Championship. That's awesome. Oh, good news. You'll be able to watch it. I will. Yeah, because that week we're going to record Heel Turn on Tuesday. (laughs) Oh, because I'm what? I'm going to Chicago. Remember, and, and also C three week. Come on, is it really? Yeah. Oh my the god! Week, the Wednesday after next. Man, it just snuck up on me this year. I just don't give a single shit about video games right now. All you care about is AEW and John Moxley. I mean, it's honestly it's hard to really care about video games now when I have like every single one I've ever owned in my house. So it's like, yeah, maybe I don't need more. Ah, uh, you you need more. You need that new Animal Crossing. Yeah, maybe. N- not maybe. You you need that Animal Crossing. You need that Tom Nook. I don't know. I mean, it all depends on uh, you know. All depends on how into Mario Maker I get. There's a good chance that I might not need another video game ever again after that one. I don't know. You can't get into debt in Mario Maker. Yeah, that's a good thing. I'm already in a lot of debt. I don't know about that. I don't need to simulate it. But it makes you, it 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 uh, makes you not think about the real debt. Instead, you're paying a raccoon. Oh, and I mean, one could argue that my landlord is a raccoon. John, you can't make that joke. 
I'm just saying, I've never met my landlord. They could be a raccoon that lives in a in a trash can. They could you're be the scared. one that's fucking up all the trash, and yet I still have to give them all my money. You're scared of the raccoon. Yeah, I am a little bit. Uh, the point being here, Owen, John Moxley's going to fight in goddamn uh, Juice Robinson. Maybe I'll record something because that's going to be cool. Uh, yo, what else is happening? Um, they announced his first AEW uh, opponent. Yeah. Care to tell the audience? Uh, I thought you were saying it's Joey Janela at Fighter Fest. It is Joey Janela at Fighter Fest. Yes. Oh my god. Our hot takes editor uh, will be there for that match. And then they they announced to, he, that he has a match for uh, for Fight for the Fallen, right? Probably. I don't know. Is it, is. I was because that's the thing. Because I know that the other part of this is that he has a bunch of matches that he's announced for like various indie things, including. Uh, one that I'm totally fucking going to. Like, I will absolutely go to fucking Poughkeepsie on a Friday night after work to see that motherfucking Pentagon Jr. match. Holy shit. Hell yeah, dude. But I know, and I know he's also got an announced match with Darby Allen, which that sounds like it would be really cool, too. Uh, but I don't remember if that's like another like Northeast Wrestling thing or if that's like Fight for the Fallen or something like that. Uh, Oscar's saying that he... He's asking if he's fighting Omega at Fight for the Fallen, and I don't think that's the place you do that. I think you no, that that's all Chicago. out. That's that all should, out. One hundred percent. That's all out. That has to be all out. Yeah, come on, man. That's all out. All out. are you gonna go to all out? Mm-hmm. All day weekend. Probably not. But I'm not gonna front like. I don't have I don't have work on that on the Friday that the tickets go on sale, so I'm a I'ma see if I can try and get a ticket. Uh, and if I can, then Oscar maybe I'll figure it the fuck it. out. Yo, it's fine. He's going to SummerSlam, I get it. Yeah. Do you get it though? I mean Yes, because of all the times that we went to SummerSlam. Oh we by all the times, you mean twice, and then we saw Brock Lesnar bust Randy Orton's head open, and we said never again. No, we said, yeah, we could do that again, but then I didn't have a job. John, you're you're ruining the, the plot line that I'm making up. Because it's a bad plot line. That's not true. Don't lie to the people. It's up, It was upsetting. I didn't like it. I didn't like it either, but you're still a bloodlusting fiend. Who wants more? No, I don't. We'll, we'll talk about that when we talk about Double or Nothing. I do not want blood. Thank you very much. Whatever, Nigel. Alright. Uh, also, uh, Dean Ambrose was on Talk is Jericho today. See, now you're doing it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Moxley, uh, they dropped that Talk is Jericho where, uh... You know, Moxley basically talked about his time in WWE, and fuck, man. Yeah, it seems great. Have you listened? Have you listened to it? Y- yes. Okay, because I have too. And uh, as someone who has friends who are former writers for the WWE, yeah, that sounds about right. And also, Oscar keeps saying he wants to be a writer for wrestling. Don't do it for WWE. It's a bad time. 
Especially if you're Ambrose. Yeah, but you know, also you have to like dodge Vince McMahon and not let him see certain things. Okay. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, uh, the, uh, John, I'm talking about the pooper scooper. But it was such a funny line. I mean, can't you just no. imagine him saying it? No. I'm glad that he said he wasn't going to do the second cancer line. I I can't even imagine what that fucking line was. Like, I'm, not I'm, to say that I really want to, because I'm sure that whatever whatever I can think of, it was probably worse than that. I'm going to say it's probably on par with the uh, Eddie's in Hell. That wouldn't surprise me. Which is still one of the worst things that they've ever said. I, yeah, that is definitely up there. Like, yeah. I still can't believe that actually happened. I do, with Vince McMahon being there. Yeah, I do. Well, of course I can believe it happened. That's not what I'm, you know what I'm saying. Like, I can't believe that there was no fallout whatsoever from that. It's WWE, there's never any fallout. Yeah, I know. Super Showdown, y'all! What? What are those I... no, You I heard me. I, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. Well, the beautiful city of Jeddah appreciates your business, sir. John, let's just put this into perspective. The WWE has the support of the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. AEW has the support of AOC. Wh- who's winning? That was pretty cool. Right, the, the tweet is pretty good. Hell yeah, dude! Like you know, granted, I've I've will obviously you know, obviously cop to the fact that I am pro AOC and also whatever man. She's literally my congresswoman, so oh, yeah. you know, so you know what? Like fuck off. But also, goddamn, she's the fucking best. I wish I knew her in at BU. You need to become friends with her. She's in my class. I could have been. What are you doing with your life? You're, you you need to run for Congress. Yeah, fucking up clearly is what I'm doing. John, run for Congress. Everyone okay. Everyone gets into politics now. Okay. We. I mean... Make America yagid again. Uh, fuck. I don't even know what that means. I just want people to do it. I kind of want to do it, too. Oh, Run the Base results those in the chat says he's going to run for Congress as well. All right. Let's, I like this. We're, we're going to make this happen. The problem is that Run the Base lives in Florida, and that will never work. No, that would probably work. Florida is actually quite terrible. They keep voting. Yeah. Down. So why not double down on it? Yeah. Oh, boy. The Make America hey. Yah Yeet Again party. Let's go. Anything else about Moxley? He looks so good. Yeah. He looks like he's enjoying himself. Like, even just the little things. Like, that little fucking spin he did when he first slid into the ring at fucking Double or Nothing. Like, oh man. It just looks like he just fucking got his goddamn swagger back. To say nothing of the fact that, yeah, that podcast basically confirming, like, every single complaint that I feel like I've heard pretty much anyone ever have about Dean Ambrose and his character. 
Like, yep, nope, that was all them. Oh, oh uh, Oscar in the chat has an, an alternate universe that I want to live in. Where I, uh, I kick you off the podcast and AOC is my new co-host and we talk about wrestling. You in? I don't like you. But you like AOC. Would you give up your seats at the podcast for AOC? Maybe. Okay. Uh, that, that's the thing is, it's, it's it's a job swap. She gets she gets the podcast. You get to you get to do Congress stuff. She's really good at it, though. Yeah, you you probably fuck it up. No offense. None taken. No, like I can easily admit that she's probably better at that than I am. Yeah. Hey, John, since we're talking about AEW stuff, you want to just get into our uh, recap of Double or Nothing? Okay, here's what you need to know about Double or Nothing. It's the only good thing. What do you mean the only good thing? It's the only good thing. Well, while I get the card up, uh, Oscar wants you to propose a better Green New Deal real quickly. Go. Take all of Vince McMahon's money. Done. You did it. Get them greens! I, th- I thought you were going to make a joke about smoking weed, but okay. What do you think we're going to do with Vince McMahon's money? Burn it! Yeah, if you know what I mean. <laughs> okay. Uh, Alright, let's, let's start off with Double or Nothing's uh, buy-in. And the first match was the 21-person Casino Battle Royale. It, it's fun. I I mean, had some issues with it. I think that the gimmick didn't really work. Like, the, no. the whole thing about, like, the five people coming in thing. I, I didn't think it really played. They didn't get separate entrances. Which, yeah. that's f- fine, but, like, they didn't do anything interesting with the separate entrances. Just, people just kind of staggered out, and it's like... They're not doing anything fun. They're not doing anything cool. It just all gets kind of lost. Like, the fact that, you know, fucking a good example of this, Orange Cassidy. Like, he's fucking great. He's fucking wonderful. But, like, he basically completely got lost in that intro, in, like, that entrance of, like, coming out with four other people to the point that, like, literally he enters the ring and Alex Marvez calls him the fucking 22nd person, which, no, he was, he was part of the third group. He just, Never did anything because who the fuck would have noticed him? He was just like sauntering around being Orange Cassidy. Yep. And also, the first group didn't even get entrances. They just kind of just stumbled out together. I mean, they were just in the ring. No, I mean, the first group that was called. Like, there was no countdown. They, there was oh, no yeah. music. There's a big pause and then they just showed up. Yeah, to say nothing of the actual first group who was just in the ring. Also, uh, Oscar's yelling about the fact that Jimmy Havoc stabled a lit cigarette to Joe Janela's head and the camera missed it. That was so good! The camera missed it. That's true. The camera missed a lot of things. Look, it's a battle royale, okay? Uh, I mean, the whole show. A lot of shit's going on. They missed a lot of things. Like what? Like, they missed some spots. Like, some, some of the jumps to the outside, they, like, cut away at the bad times. Like, some of the moves they were, they were cutting away from while they were, like, about to do it, it was sloppy. I didn't really notice them a lot of that, but, I mean, you know, whatever. Like, that's... I know it's the first show, but th- 
they need to like step it up. Again, it's their first show. <laughs> like, I know, but I'm saying that's what they need to improve on it. I'm going to give them the pass this time, but next time they need to do the thing. Do the thing. I just feel like a part of that to me just feels like, yeah, okay, it's a fair complaint, but also it's like, yeah, we're not talking, like, this is some basic shit that, like, most companies fuck up, that WWE fucks up all the time. Like, they've already come out the gate looking like a more professional product than I'd say a lot of, like, fucking big company, like, suppose that other big companies do. Like, this show looked a lot better than most shit that New Japan does. That's their aesthetic is not looking great. Looking fuck a little better, a lot better than you know a lot of Ring of Honor shit, and they got like actual television production company shit going mm-hmm. on. I know. I'm, I'm just saying, like, I want them to be the best, so I'm just pushing for them to do better than the other p- people. Like no one ever was. Y- yes. I guess I'm just trying to say that, like, let's let's remember to keep things in perspective here. That like. This is, they're still an indie company. Like, they're an indie company with a lot more money and a lot more resources to fuck around with than, like, most other ones have. But and a TNT like, deal. And a TNT deal, which is fucking huge. But, like, they're also still an indie company that put this shit together in, like, four months. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fucking impressive. And that's the thing is that, like, that's kind of where I come at it with a lot of the show, which, you know, I will say top to bottom, I think was a fucking fantastic show, a way better show than All In and like one of the best wrestling pay-per-views I've seen ever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I'm willing to say that, like, yeah, there are definitely some imperf- imperfections, but, like, considering that, like, this is essentially a fucking startup indie company who put this shit together in four months, this is really fucking incredible what they were able to do. Mm-hmm. I know, but I and just I'm don't willing- want to, you know, praise them entirely without, you know, bringing up some of the complaints that I have. Because we're not, not here to kiss their ass the whole time, you know? No, I mean, clearly, but also, like, I think that a lot of those, I think a lot of the chief complaints, like, are things that you can put into stark perspective in a, and in such a way that, like, make the fact that this show came together in the first place something incredible. Like, I don't know, the fact that, say, for example, like, in one pay-per-view, which, yeah, okay, a $50 pay-per-view, sure, like, it better have been worth it for the amount of money that I was spending, but, like... In one pay-per-view, they put together something more professional-looking, more, uh, you know, better-looking and everything than uh, anything MLW has been able to do in two years or evolve in, like, five. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And again, for a company that has existed for about five months, True. officially. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that, you know, the big stars of this match were obviously Sean Spears. And sure, I think that's, I don't know. He, his, when he came out, it was huge. He got a huge pop, and, like, he got a huge exciting thing, but I wouldn't really call him, like, a big star of the match. I feel like this was a, a match that kind of, like, this, the story was very clearly about two people. 
But also, you know what sucked? Because of What's the that? format of the match was that no one realized he was the number number 10 entrant. I did. I'm glad you did. I not, obviously, I obviously did because I definitely counted as like, oh, he's the last one. To, he's the last one to come out of the of the five. He's the last one to get his entrance. Of course he is. He's number ten. Of, of fucking course he is. Mm-hmm. I got it. So whatever, man. Yeah, uh, Luchasaurus was a big star of this match. Luchasaurus looked fucking great. Like, damn, man. Like, because I, I will say that that Undersnaker. Uh, when he was on uh, Lucha Underground, like as much as I enjoyed Undersnaker, uh, like that's not his real name. No, it was Vibora. But okay, I'm just making sure because I'd be like, I it's Lucha Underground. You never know. No, in fact, but the re- and the reason he started calling himself Luchasaurus is because they, that's what they would chant at him. Nice. Uh, so yeah, but point is when he was the Undersnaker, uh. I didn't think he was that great. Yeah, he's gotten way better. Yeah, he stepped up in this match, and that's why he got signed to a deal. Yeah, which, that's fucking great. Um, But yeah, I mean, obviously the match mostly revolved around, MJF. like, MJF and, and Hangman Adam Page, who, fuck, we really should have expected that he was going to be the Joker. I wanted something better. But also, I made my prediction before we knew that they were going to get the title shot, and then it became obvious. Yeah. It's too easy. And honestly, like, you know, it was perfect. It was the right call. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess. I get it. I don't know. I liked it. I, I thought that they did a good job of making Adam Page look like a star. I mean, I will say that, like, we'll, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but I, I, you know, it's not like he was had the strongest showing of any of the, the Bullet Club elite people, but, like, I thought that he was still, he still looked fucking great. I think MJF should have won. Nah. MJF, man. MJ, MJF is fucking fantastic, and he got his time to shine. Look, I think that yeah. MJF is someone you gotta build up slowly. Cause he's still, he's fucking fantastic on one end, and like I think he's really good in ring. Don't get me wrong, but like I think he's still also figuring out that part. And when he really figures out that part, then he's gonna be something fucking unstoppable. Hey, John. Since we're Until then, the, keep him in the mid card where he belongs. Since we're talking about the title anyway, why don't we talk about the segment where they showed off the title and the camera didn't catch it? They eventually caught it. For a second. But, John, I mean, who, who was holding the belt, though? Motherfucking Bret the Hitman Hart. They got Bret Hart. I'm gonna say that, like, yeah, I get what you're trying to say. I'm also gonna suggest that maybe part of that is Bret Hart's fault for not holding it to the hard cam. Come on, man, you're a, you're a pro. Is he a pro, though? He is. He's just old. He stumbled on his words, and then also he fell on the stage. Get a stroke. Leave him alone. I know. I'm just saying. MJF didn't give a fuck. <laughs> MJF was so mean. Watch out, there's a fan coming after you. That was so good. <laughs> Shit. Oh, so- and only he can get away with that. Fuck MJF. Fuck MJF so hard. All right. 
That was a fun segment, though. Let's t- get back to talking about the Battle Royal, though. Like, quickly, favorite moments in it. Go. Oh, the Battle Royal? Uh, the choke slam out of the ring and through the table. Joey Janela fucking... How is he not dead? Oh, he is dead. His ghost is going to be fighting at uh, Fighter Fest. I mean, it really did bring some truth to that fucking promo that he cut on uh, on the Road to Double or Nothing about how he wants to die in ring. I mean, he died outside the ring, though, through the table. True, but like he he's, up, he it up. feels like he's getting there. Oh, yeah, he's Joe Janela. Come on. What about you? Fucking, it was fucking brutal. I, I, yeah, I don't know about that. Well, I mean, what was your uh, favorite spot of the match? Oh, I mean, hundred percent Orange Cassidy. The, the crowd reaction is pretty good. He's <laughs> so fucking uh, good. Oh, it was the, it was the most Orange Cassidy. But honestly, the best part about Orange Cassidy was Jungle Boy. Yeah, Jungle Boy was really good. Just sitting, like, lying in the corner, just wincing at every single one of Orange Cassidy's lazy kicks. He's pretty good. (laughs) While Tommy Dreamer's just like, what? Orange Cassidy is my fucking favorite. I have spent so much of this week watching just Orange Cassidy matches. And, like, you know, obviously I knew about him and and knew what he sort of knew what he was about, but, like, this being the first time I've really seen Orange Cassidy in, like, a big thing. Like, fuck, man. Yeah, I, 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 my one problem is that uh, Tommy Dreamer was exposing the business. How did he do that? He needs to sell those, he needs to sell those kicks. What's he doing? But that's always that, Orange that, Cassidy's that no matches. Selling, that no-selling motherfucker. <laughs> fuck Tommy Dreamer. He'll turn. He'll turn. But also, fuck Tommy Dreamer. I mean, yeah, fuck Tommy Dreamer, but not for the reason you're talking about. No, because he's wrestling. You should stop wrestling. <laughs> yes, I'm, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Man. Let's not talk Good about on you, Jimmy Havoc, for stapling him in the nuts. Maybe then now he'll learn. No, he won't. Yeah, I know. He's had worse. Yeah, I know. All right. Uh, Adam Page won, as we said. MJF's gonna probably be in the title picture shortly after. I doubt that. I would say he would probably be if Page ends up winning. Which he he won't. Yeah, he won't. That's the the thing. MJF will get there in due time. Don't worry. Yeah, he'll get there, but like, he's gonna... He's going to be in the second tier for a little bit, I think. Yeah, it's not a bad thing because he's going to be because he's going to be king shit of the second tier. And yeah, until uh, a face gets the title. Then he'll step up. Yeah, then you put him like, "Hey, maybe we'll see how things are going when we finally get the title on Omega." That'll be a while. Yeah, I will. Hey, John. But it's also enough time to build up MJF. How about the the other match on the the buy in, Sammy Guevara versus Kip Sabian? It was fine. That was pretty good. Yeah, like no, it was a good match. It was just like it, it didn't really, 
it didn't really bring a lot to the table. The crowd didn't really get all that interested in it, which was kind of a bummer. Like I like I like Sammy Guevara a lot. I think he's really talented. I I've always really enjoyed him. Every time I watched him at MLW, like that match that he had at the MLW show was like the first time I'd ever seen him, and he's great. He's really good. He's really talented. Mm-hmm. But you know. It's hard when, yeah, it's like you don't really have much of a character other than, like, well, I guess he's kind of a dick because he's wearing a panda. Yeah. I I feel like the thing, the problem with this match was it was in a hard spot. It was between, like, that very hype battle royal and the main card, which was what the crowd just wanted to get to. I think they should have put this match on before the battle royal. I agree. That's why it was in a hard spot. I think maybe if you did that, you could have gotten the crowd a little bit more interested. Although, I don't even know. Like, cause it, this is also a weird thing because it's like, I've, I've been following being the elite and like, I know the story they've been telling with Sammy Guevara of like him being a really insincere dick, but also it didn't really play in this match. And like, it also, the match also played on like a thing that happened at the, the weigh in that like we didn't watch and they didn't show clips from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, again, I still don't know who Kip Sabian is. Seems fine. Yeah, he seems fine. He seems talented. I still don't know who he is, though. True. There, there's a problem with a few uh, people on this card where they didn't exactly tell you who they were. Yeah. I mean, and one of those is at least a little bit understandable, even if yeah. they didn't do a good job of, like, really mm-hmm. selling it and mostly just came off like, Wait, we actually don't know who these people are. Uh, hey, John? Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. What? Oh, Jesus. There you are, John. Why'd you stop talking? Because you stopped talking. I didn't stop talking. I, I kept hearing you, and you are going like, oh, no. Yeah, your video froze. That's all. Live podcast... The podcast version will have it. Hey, John? Yeah, uh, yes. Oscar, Oscar has a bad take. Well, let's hear it. He says uh, Tommy Dreamer is cool and he can keep going as long as he wants. Stop! No. Stop encouraging him! Yeah, Oscar's encouraging Tommy Dreamer to continue to get more brain damage. No, he already talks about how he can't remember shit. Yeah, it's really, really bad. He's, like, actually close to senile. Don't do that. Yeah, don't don't encourage people to get more head trauma. Stop being bad, Oscar. Jesus. Hey, John, you want to get to the main card? Yeah, let's do it. Well, this is cool. And now you're all quiet. The first match was SCU versus Stronghearts. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Also, apologies to the live audience. Uh, Discord's being bad tonight and keeps freezing. So, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, this match ruled because I didn't know much about the OWE guys. And, uh, yeah, they delivered. Yeah, I didn't know anything about them. Like, you know, I, I 
know nothing about T-Hawk and, and Lindemann. Like, I know of Shima, but I've only seen, like, maybe a couple clips on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like, never really knew anything about them. And, like, you know, SCU, like, I've, I've seen some of their stuff, like, not a, a whole ton. But, yeah, this was fucking rad. Yeah. Like... And it really is hard to believe that, like, you know, Kazarian and Daniels are, like, for as much as they are getting up there in their careers, like, they can still fucking go. Sima also is getting up there in age two. And Shima, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the only thing was that uh, they pointed out that these were more the Japanese-based uh, people from o- OWE instead of the you know people that they were training in, in China. So that was a bit of a bummer because I wanted to see more of that. But these guys still delivered. And it was... I had no complaints. It was really, yeah. really solid. Yeah, this is a really fucking cool match. Great it was a great to... opener. I'm not sure about uh, Daniels' opening, though, doing uh, Queen. I was way into it, and I really liked it. And, like, you know, yeah, okay. May- I-, I get what you're saying. Yes. But also, no, because then you had her do Freddie Mercury, and it was even cooler because she did it, like, even better. Yeah, but it also made Christopher Daniels look bad. No, it didn't, because Daniels had a cool outfit that evoked Freddie Mercury and was neat, but he wasn't going, like, full-on Freddie Mercury, and here was this lady doing actual Freddie Mercury cosplay with the fucking mustache. Yeah, that was really great. I enjoyed that. And uh, the right team won with SCU getting the victory. Yep! Really, so- Really solid opener to the show. Got the crowd really into it. And then... Worst down. Then we had the triple threat. Between Dr. Britt Baker, Nala Rose, and Kylie Roy. The hold-on player. Yeah? Because here comes AEW's Teddy Long, Brandy Rhodes. Oh, also they had uh, Allie on commentary now for a four-person team. Can we talk about yeah, the, that, can we talk about the commentary for a minute? Yeah, sure. I didn't like JR. JR JR was perfect for the second half of the show. I wouldn't say perfect, but he was he got better, but JR was on some real shit during that one match. And maybe you could say that he wasn't necessary for the for the remaining two. But, like, for that Cody Dustin match, they needed him. Yeah. They absolutely 100% needed him. Only he could really sell that fucking pathos. True. But for the rest of the card, though, they had Excalibur, and he was amazing. Oh, Excalibur is fantastic. 100%. Excalibur is really great. Uh, He played off everyone really well. Excalibur, like, if he's going to be the new play-by-play, if he's going to be the main play-by-play guy, like, that is a great fucking call. He's awesome. I I thought that I have nothing but good things to say about Excalibur. Mm -hmm. Also, Alex Marvez. He was fine. He was there. Yeah, he doesn't need to be there either. Just have Excalibur do... uh do uh, the, the Joey Styles and do it by himself. 
I, I understand some of the some of the things that people have said about like, oh, you know, he just needs to get he just needs to find his footing and, and Alex Marvez will get there. He's really True. smart and he knows what he's doing. But like, I just feel like he brought nothing. Agreed. I, I will. Here's the comparison I will make. It's like Beth Phoenix in NXT currently. She's well, not bad. I don't hard. hate her being there. But she brings nothing to the table. True. If Beth Phoenix wasn't there, I wouldn't notice. What if they moved JR to Dune Color? I mean, yeah, that's what he should be. Yeah, he should be Color and Excalibur should be uh, play-by-play and that should be it. Yeah. Also, like, do that while you're while you're training Marvez to be like the new color guy. Absolutely. Yeah, but you know you don't need him for the big shows. I mean, you don't need Jr. Really. I I also agree, and for reasons outside of the ring, as we both know. Yeah, I know. But uh, yeah, the reason I brought up, wanted to bring up commentary here is also because we had a four person booth for this match, and it. She didn't really do anything. She didn't. She just went, ooh, watch out! I mean, admittedly, she was a lot like Tennille Dashwood during All In. Yeah. I just, there for no reason. They should bring, they should should train someone, they should train someone to be a, a lady to be an actual like uh you know color person and bring them in. Yeah, it'd be great. Indeed. But yeah, let's get back to Also uh, great was when Brandy came out in yeah. full gear and we were like, "Oh no, she's adding herself to this match." And then psych, she had an awesome Kong. She did add an awesome Kong and that was pretty hype. That was a great fucking surprise. It was a great surprise. Did it add anything to the match, you know, wrestling-wise, no. Did, but did it add, like, an amount of star power and some more holy shit to this match? Absolutely. Yeah, and it made it more exciting. Like, yeah, clearly, like, Kong can't really go as much as she could anymore. Like, wow. she's much more limited in what she can do now. Mm-hmm. But, like, I was still happy to see her. I thought it was still fun. I thought she still... I think she completely added to this match. Like, I think that, like, yeah, maybe not, like, in doing crazy wrestling shit, but, like, in terms of just adding to the feel, adding to the story, and, like, adding to some cool spots. Like, yeah, I thought yeah. the Kong was great. I that's, thought she was the perfect addition. That's why, that's why I said. I said like, she, doesn't need to be a, she doesn't need to be a regular, but as, like, a cool surprise, fuck yeah. Yeah, she's not signed or anything. Got me hyped for Glow Season 3. Oh, yeah. Welfare Queen, let's go. But yeah, the right person ended up winning this match with uh, Britt Baker getting the win. I mean, I would have been fine if Smiley Kylie won. Britt, but Britt's going to be the face of the women's division. Yeah, I know. Britt Baker. Kylie Ray is, though. She's so good. Mm-hmm. She is fucking awesome. I love her. I love her energy. Like, I totally get that whole feeling of like, oh, this is why Cody was taking that sh- that shot at Bailey's character because here's Bailey actually like done right. True. Bailey, if Kylie, over. 
is fucking sick. I thought Nella Rose was good too. Like, yeah, she was definitely, I think, like the the weakest of the three. But uh-huh. like, I thought she was good. I enjoyed her. I want to see more of her. Yeah, but but Doctor Britt is the star here. Yeah, Doctor Britt is clearly the star, as as we talked about last week. They're gonna build the division around her. Yeah, and I I understand it. She's not my favorite, but I understand it. Did you not see her jacket with the teeth on it? Her jacket with the teeth on it's really cool. Damn right. I want her to do dentistry in that jacket. Let's she go. could be a great. She could be a great heel. What? She's got a jacket with teeth on it. I, I mean, she's gonna knock your teeth out, but also she's gonna help you know get replacements. She's an evil dentist. She's going to torture you with a drill. Get out of here. She's not evil. A drill. Man. It's a lot of ground that she can cover. Is what I'm trying to say. Whereas Kylie, you can't make her. She can't make her a heel. I mean, they could. She's too happy. It'd be too be real bad. She's too happy. Can't do it. She's too happy. Her thing could be that she's the only one that's allowed to be happy. Uh, I don't buy it. Doesn't sound like her. Yeah. Well, it's wrestling. They can ruin any character. Hey, John. Yeah. What about the best friends versus Angelico and Jack Evans? I read on the internet that there were a bunch of people that were cold on this match. I was cold on the finish. I'm cold on fuck you. This match was great. Yes. Yeah, all right. I have one problem that did not involve the in-ring in this match. Okay. They all wore the same green. You're not wrong. That fucked me up. Like, that was a little confusing. Yeah. I'm like, uh, wait, um, who's on? Okay. Whatever. <laughs> I have a counterpoint though. Okay. They did the Okada hug camera. They did do the, the Okada hug camera. It was really good. It was so good. And the crowd popped for it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Also, hey, surprise. Remember when Jack Evans and, and Helico were fucking amazing on Lucha Underground? Yep. Well, yeah, obviously. I knew you'd be the expert on that. Yeah, they're still fucking awesome! Off-brand Dolph Ziggler has finally upgraded to being full-on Jack Evans. Yep. And we won't be talking about... I mean, I guess you want to talk about off-brand Jack Evans this week? No! He was on Raw. Yes, and he fought for like 15 minutes. And you know what happened when I saw him on Raw? You turned it off. I sure did. Damn right you did. Seriously, that that segment like lasted like ten minutes. I know. Fuck I'm off. fully aware. Fuck off. I'm adding one more thing to our notes for WWE later. By the way, this is a great fucking. This is a great fucking match. Fuck the haters. <laughs> I will admit the ending was a little flat. Yeah. Especially when no one knew who the fuck the, the Super Smash Brothers were. They were cool, though. They, they made him that fucking throne out of the boys. <coughs> Sorry, the evil boys. Yeah, but still. The crowd was not here for that. They were here for good wrestling, and this was not good wrestling. 
I mean, I thought it was pretty cool wrestling, but the Oscar, problem isn't like... Oscar in the chat, let us know what you thought about the Super Smash Brothers. I think the problem is they didn't give any context to who these people are were. Like, they just expected, like, oh, this is going to be a really big, surprising, shocking thing. And it was like, yeah, okay, I know I know that's Player Uno and Player Dose and whatever the fuck they're called. Like, but, like, I know of them. I've seen them before, but I don't actually know who they are. And commentary is literally just like, well, who's this? Like, and again, after this, like, exciting match... Like, I don't even get to really enjoy the fact that the Best Friends won. When again, like, not a lot of people know who the Best Friends are. I know about them because I'm cool. But, like, yeah. Yeah. The, the AEW's going to need to take time to, to uh, develop these characters and get people more familiar with them. And I don't think this was the spot to do the Smash Brothers thing. I don't disagree. You could have done that at, like, Fighter Fest or something. Especially if you're not going to give them a name. And, yeah. like, again, I understand why they can't call them that. Yeah. Obviously. It's to them. What, what like, off-brand Super Smash Brothers name would you give them? Nothing. Nothing is a pretty good name for them. Hey, John, let's talk about the next match. It was the six-woman tag we were referencing earlier. Fucking rad. Hikaru Shida, Rihu Abe, and Ryu Mizunami versus Yuka Sakazaki, Emi Sakura, and... Aja fucking Kong! Aja Kong. Oh, she's so good. It was my first time getting to see an Aja Kong match. It, it was great. Oh, she's so fucking good. She can't move much, but she still will beat the shit out of you if you get close to her. Yeah, she's like old, but now she's like murder grandma, and I'm into it. Murder grandma. And she fought alongside Goku and Freddie Mercury. It's true the most happy magical anime girl ever. Oh my god, I love Yuka so fucking much. Yeah, she's... I liked everyone in this match. I didn't know any of them except for Aja Kong, but by the end I'm like, yeah, I want to see more of all of them, please. I wish they did a better job of, like, explaining, you know, and I I know that it was just kind of like, here's a fucking crazy Joshi match, like, we know that you're not gonna know any of these people, but, like, here we go. But, like, there was a whole story in there about, like, you know, Emi Sakazaki is this, the other person's, uh, mentor, and it was, you know, mentor versus mentee, that, like, they didn't really explore that much. I feel like that the commentary didn't know about it. But they did because I heard them mention it. Huh. I don't know that. Like, they brought it up, but they didn't, like, actually lean into it or, like, talk about it much. I bet that's Excalibur trying to bring it up and no one else was buying it. Yeah, that's almost assuredly what happened because I don't remember who said it, so it was probably Excalibur. Yep. Hey, John. You want to talk about the one thing that ruined this match? Sure, what's that? 
The, the part where the bell rang? Yeah, I know. Try to forget that part. Yeah, that really fucked everything up. It just fucking killed all the momentum, which was such bullshit because it was so fucking good. And like they uh-huh. they rolled with it like, you know, they literally just referee was like, no, I didn't fucking call for the bell. No, this keeps going. And they kept going. But like they fucking lost the crowd and like they kind of got them back a little bit. But, but they didn't like, have enough time to. Yeah, they started to get them back. But, like, they didn't have enough time to fully get them back, and that really sucked. I appreciate, though, that everyone in the ring just kept going. None of them stopped. I appreciate that, apparently, after the match, uh, Aja Kong took a swing at the at the timekeeper. I bet that was legit. Living the gimmick, baby. I don't think... I, I just think I would have done the same thing. Fuck that timekeeper. Like I said, living the gimmick, baby. Um, next was the match that everyone So loved. yeah, so oh. this is when the show, so this here is the part of the show where it's like, hey, this is a, a very good show, and then there's the part where it goes into fucking overdrive. Yeah, this is the match that everyone liked except for me. You're wrong. I, I'm aware I'm wrong, but I don't like blood. Neither do I, but sometimes you really need it. Eh, not that much blood. I mean, look. John, not, no, no way in any situation do you need that much blood. I mean, look, clearly they went a little far with you it. Think? He, he kind of, he, he went full on Eddie Guerrero in that JBL match. Like, I think he went beyond that. It was a little unnecessary. At the same time. I'm not going to sit here and say that it didn't add a lot to that fucking match. Yeah, it did, but also I couldn't watch it. It was very upsetting. Like, I thought he was going to pass out from how much blood he lost. I legit believe that Goldust was going, that Dustin Rose was going to die. See, now you're calling him by his old name. It's contagious, John. I legit believe that the natural Dustin Rose was going to die at one point yeah. in this match against the American Nightmare Cody with Brandy Rhodes. Now, hear me out, though. What if part of the match was that he passed out and he and uh, Cody needed to do a blood transfusion in the ring to save him? That'd be fucked up. But would it have added to the story? Maybe, but I liked what they did instead. Yeah, okay, I, I'll agree with that. I don't know what else to say about this match, honestly, except for, like, it's going to take a lot. It's going to take something really special, really crazy, really unbelievable to happen for you to convince me that there is a single match this year that will be better than this match. This is one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Like, this this is a match that, like, I fucking, I watch this and it's like, right, this is why I like wrestling. This is everything I love about wrestling in, like, fucking perfect form. And it's one of those things where I've been thinking a lot about, like, you know, this week, like, ever since the show of, like, you know, it's just the question of, like, who's who is the best member of the elite? Like, who are the people that are, like, really the top people in the elite? And it's like, 
after this show, like, you know, I don't think a lot of people would have ever said Cody. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, and I say this as someone that has generally been very Cody positive. Like, I fucking loved the shit out of Stardust and I loved that stupid ass character. And like, I was really happy for him when he left and went out on his own. And it's like, he's never been like my favorite wrestler per se. Like, you know, kind of like we were talking about last week of like, you know, there being tears of like, in the same way that, like, hey, you know, they had the the match on Money in the Bank, where it's like clearly Seth Rollins and AJ Styles are S tier, and like Kofi and Owens, as much as we love them, they're A tier. Like, I'd say that similarly, Cody's maybe in that A tier, but like, as far as storytellers go, as far as people that like genuinely understand how to tell a story in the ring and how to use pro wrestling as an art form to tell a story, mm-hmm. like. I think you could legitimately make a case after this weekend that Cody is the most talented and the best member of the elite. Yeah. I don't know that I would personally make that case, but like, I think you can make a really strong case for that. And I would probably agree with it after this match. I don't know. Kenny Omega though. Kenny Omega is fucking incredible. Like, yeah, again, I'm not going to say that like Cody can ever compare to like just the innate talent and just like, understanding of how to use their body to tell us to like tell a story that Kenny Omega has, but like there's just a mind for like how to work a crowd and how to tell a story through that, you know, in that very classic, you know, for lack of a better term, dusty style that it's unsurprisingly only the son of a son of a plumber can truly understand. Also, John, you say this is like going to be your match of the year, but yet yeah. we have a match coming up next week that's obviously going to surpass it. I mean, how could you compare this when you have the best in the world, Shane McMahon, taking on Roman Reigns in Saudi Arabia? That crowd's going to be so hot for that match. Shane's going to bleed everywhere. It's going to be huge. It's a handicap match, don't forget. Since when? I thought it was always a handicap match. No, what? no it's not. Oh, is that the one that's rumored for stomping ground? Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's the best in the world versus the big dog. I don't like this joke. I thought it was kind of funny. Shane would totally just start bleeding randomly to poke fun at AEW. Plus, I think blood's legal in Saudi Arabia. Where they get all their money. <laughs> Again, the problem is Mattel, not <laughs> not that, but I see what you did there. But thank you. This joke took a while to build up, but I got there. This match was incredible. I cried. But good. I'm glad. I'm glad it had that impact on you. I thought. It was, I thought that the moment after the match was very, very touching. Yeah, no, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Why don't you tell the folks what happened? Everything about this match was beautiful fucking poetry. From the Cody beating the shit out of that Triple H throne with a sledgehammer. Oh, fuck. I didn't even bring that up, did I? Oh, God. People on the internet sure thought that that was a dumb thing. No, it, it was a cheesy thing. thing. It was a cheesy thing. To which I say, you people are fucking marks. That was great. No, John, it was dumb and cheesy, but that's 
what I want. I want dumb and cheesy. He did it with a sledgehammer. Come on. Yeah, it was awesome. Because we were watching it together, and he walked away from the throne. I said, "Oh, I thought he was going to kill with a sledgehammer because that'd be hilarious." And then it happened. Yep. Good booking. Then yeah, after Cody beat the shit out of him, after he beat the shit out of Dustin and won that match, uh, through some less than legal means, admittedly, mm -hmm. he got back in the ring and was like, "Hey, you don't like?" As Dustin was seemingly like untying his boots, mm -hmm. Cody gets the end and is like, "Hey, motherfucker, you don't get to retire here." Because I signed up for a match at Fight for the Fallen against the fucking Young Bucks. And I don't need a partner. I don't need a friend. And then starts crying, I need my older brother. And they yeah. hugged and I cried more. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful moment. It's a fucking match. That fucking match at Fight for the Fallen, though. Yeah, it sounds like it'd be fun. That match is gonna be great. How how many super kicks is Dustin gonna take to the face and bleed everywhere? I'm gonna guess he's probably not gonna bleed everywhere. You say that, and yet I'm just saying. This is everything about this was fucking amazing. Yeah, I agreed. I still didn't like the blood part, but I get it. It's okay to be wrong. I know, I'm I'm wrong on a regular basis. I'm, I'm used to it. Anyway. The Young Bucks the Young and Lucha Under and the Lucha Bros were fucking awesome, but that's to be expected. Yeah, speaking of the Young Bucks, they were not the main event of the show. They maybe should have been. Yeah. Especially when they said that they wanted to make tag team wrestling the main event, and then like, oops, it's not. We're putting also the, the old guy. I've here. I've changed my mind. They they shouldn't have been the main event. Well, considering what happened after the match, I get it, but still. That was a big, high flying, crazy, fucking exciting match, and super cool. And so many near falls. Holy shit! How many near falls were in this match? A lot. Like 50? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. It wasn't anything I haven't seen out of either team before. And, like, I think that... <clears throat> I don't know. I do think that the story they told of the Young Bucks being rusty and, and not really communicating well did work for kind of the fact that, like, eh, they also didn't look that great. Oh, no, Matt's back. In Pog form? Yeah. Fun fact, though, John, I, I did that joke on this week's upcoming episode of I'd Rather Not, and Andy got mad at me. Why? Because he, he says, how dare you bring up Paz on this podcast? I said, how dare you? Why does he hate good things? Because he's bitter. He has a story about Pogs. It makes sense. Tune in on Friday. I had a Pog maker when I was a kid. How'd that go? Would you make a fucking pog? rad? Would you make a pog of? I don't know, a bunch of shit. 
Any wrestling pogs? No. Oh. I, I would have thought like an NWO slammer would be pretty good. Could make slammers that I remember. Oh. Could just make pogs. I'm sure there was an NWO slammer. I'm sure there is. Hey, you've seen my two pog slammers I have that are incredible. True. Um, but yeah, John. Uh, th- by the way, this was, this was for the AAA tag titles that the Young Bucks yeah. held. And as I had told you last week, yeah, they want the Young Bucks to stick around in AAA, or at least lose them back home. Yeah, so the the Bucks retained. Good ass match. Really one, good match. One problem though. The Young Bucks on have kept kept hyping up that they're going to debut a new move, and they didn't do it. But they did a bunch of old moves, which is cool. Yeah, but the whole being the elite storyline was them cutting away from <clears throat> them doing this new move they're going to debut, and they didn't do it. Yeah, I'm aware. What what the fuck? I agree. I'm not disagreeing. I'm all I'm saying is. I mean, they still did that top rope brain buster. That was pretty sick. It was, but they were the move. Ugh. They did. They did a move that got El Generico to come back from the dead. It's true. I'm gonna write that down. And thank you, Generico. I do enjoy a pro wrestle. Yeah. Anyway. Young Bucks win. Can't believe that the Bookers booked themselves to win. Killing the business. Speaking of kill the business, how about this 40-something-year-old Chris Jericho fighting Kenny Omega, the hot young talent? I I really enjoyed this match. The more I think about this match, the more I really enjoyed it. I thought that they did a great job of like doing a kind of hybrid New Japan WWE style match like I don't I don't know that I'd say it was as good as the as the Wrestle Kingdom match it wasn't it wasn't but like I I thought they did a good job like I thought there's definitely some kinks that they can work out like I think that Jericho definitely needs more of a build up to the fucking uh, to the Judas Judas Ender, whatever the or fuck Judas it's called. Effect. Judas Effect. Judas Effect. It's that move name. sucks. I think it's fine. It's dumb. It is a fine rolling back elbow. It's not it looks a like finisher. It, I mean, it is, and it can be. <sighs> I think they just need... He needs to give, like, an actual... I Look, I think if you watched that promo that he that he did where they talk about, like, yeah, no, this is a move that, like, you can legit fuck someone up with it. They don't teach it in a lot of MMA things anymore because it's, like, way legal. Like, I think if you watch the shit that they did to build it up as a thing, like, I think it totally works. The problem is it still doesn't really look good in a wrestling match context. Like, he needs some kind of, like, fanfare or some kind of build-up to, I mean. to really sell it. That's why I mean it's a bad move because it just comes. It looks bad, and then the match ends. I don't think it looks bad because I don't because like it doesn't look like he's pulling. It doesn't look like he's not hitting him. It's just like it kind of looks like uh, oh oh that's the hit. Like it's again it's the problem of like the difference between like the house. I've 
it reminds me of how I heard someone do like describe what the difference is between like an actual fight and a wrestling fight, which is that like an actual fight, like a good fight, like you don't see a lot of the hits because they're happening so fast that like you can't react to them. Like it's about getting surprise things. Whereas like wrestling, you want to play it up. You want to do it as slowly as possible because like you want to make sure that everyone fucking sees it. Because mm-hmm. you're playing to the cheap seats, whereas you know, in a, an actual fight, like you don't want anyone to actually see the moves you're doing because you want it to be so fast, so quick, so unnoticeable that like you just fucking ended this person's life and they didn't even realize it. Yeah, but that doesn't work in wrestling. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Is that like he's got a cool he's got a cool MMA based finisher that like I think works and especially works for like the character and the stuff that he's doing. He just needs to he just needs to put it together and, and fill in the blanks and remember like, nah, dude, you're you're the best wrestler in the world. Make it look wrestling. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So yeah, Jericho hit, hit the Jews effect and he is gonna fight the Hangman Page for the title. Also, he broke Kenny Omega's fucking nose, and Kenny Omega had to wrestle like a half-hour match with a broken nose. God damn. What an asshole. Which, that really sucks, but also, at the same time, for that to basically be, like, not even two weeks after they canceled Samoa Joe's match because he broke his nose. This nose, this nose break wasn't nearly as bad. Eh, yeah, Fair. Yeah, but uh, Jericho won. He got on the mic. He got mad at the crowd for not thanking him for making AEW. And, and then the all the stuff we talked about earlier happened. Nope, true descended. Sierra Hotel, India, Echo, Lima, Delta, Mox. Shield him? Yeah, you know. Alright, fair enough. Yeah, the Moxley stuff happened. It's cool. Moxley's cool. Fuck Vince McMahon. I want this. I want this company to succeed. You know what? After uh, Double or Nothing, I it they, it needs to succeed for the sake of wrestling. Like all, all of wrestling's hopes now rely in AEW succeeding. You know, I don't want to go that far with it. Like, I I get what you're saying. I'm picking up what you're putting down. I don't want to go that far with it. But at the same time, then considering what the fuck, you know, WWE did in response this week. Yeah, maybe I do want to say that. Yeah. Because what the fuck? If AEW succeeds, everyone will get better. Not necessarily. I, I think with actual competition, the WWE will actually get better. That's the problem. They haven't had competition in like 20 years. The problem I have with this argument is that, like, to me, competition doesn't necessarily breed, you know, it's not necessarily, oh, competition means they'll have to do things differently. Like, yeah, they will have to do things differently. But, like, the problem is, we know what the problem here, dude, is this isn't going to change until they force Vince McMahon to step down and listen to other people. No, that's not going to happen. Exactly. You'll hear me out. Things will get better when AEW succeeds and Vince McMahon dies. So you're saying that AEW is going to do so well that it just gives Vince a heart attack? It's going to inject him with a lethal dose of poison. Okay, yeah, no, 
I'm in favor of that. There you go. Done. Because I was going to say, is the reason that now Corey Graves hosts a talk show called The Electric Chair, which and they have an electric chair for some fucking reason, is that is are they going to put Vince in it? No, they're going to put in everyone, and that's how they get written off to go to AEW, as we found out this week. And yeah, they put Sami Zayn in it, and now they're mad at him. And they send for the they sent for the man, and now Seth Rollins. What do you think about that? You think that that was you think that was a work? Yeah, it was it was a work. And all the and all the people that are saying, "Oh, Vince is actually really pissed about it." Are they getting worked? Yeah. Because here's you want to know the secret. Vince McMahon's a senile idiot person, but also he realizes that competition is good. So he's going to plant the seeds to get this shit started, because he knows that they're an actual threat. It's just such a stupid way to do it, though. It really is just such a stupid way to fucking acknowledge them. Also, Sami Zayn's character sucks now. There, I said it. Yeah, you're right. Hey, John, you want to talk about also, Raw? You know who else's character kind of sucks now? What? Ray. What? All right, we're, we're officially into raw discussion now, John. I I enjoyed the the F- Firefly Funhouse. It was okay. I liked him doing the limbo thing, he did the but spider like, walk. I liked him doing the spider walk under the limbo bar. Like now, I just feel like it's exactly like you said. They're dragging it out. Like. They they had the big reveal of oh fuck look at the crazy thing and now they're just dragging it out more, like no you did the big reveal you gave me the cool thing I want to see more I want to know more and I was like wait now you're just going back to the other weird things like they should have done I feel like they paced it out wrong they should have done this one before they did the reveal I don't know I think that this was done to show that it's split personalities gimmick. It's not just oh he went from this and now he's just gonna be the the fiend from now from now on. And I thought that worked. As long as maybe as stomping ground they debut it. Maybe, but I'm now I'm I'm worried they're now I'm getting to the point where I'm worried they're just gonna keep dragging this out and go nowhere with it. I think what's happening is that they revealed that he's in a weird limbo state. And he needs Nikki Cross to say his name three times. I was gonna say, I felt like, and maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong here, but I felt like it was a different voice behind Abby the Witch this week. No, it's it's, it's it seemed like the same one to me. Oh, it's just oh, it's still Bray with whatever weird filter they're putting on him. Yep, unless they want to make it bow, and then I'm really into it. It's not bow. But he said it was different. It could have been Bo this week. It's not Bo. Mm, I believe. You shouldn't. But yeah, John, as we mentioned, Sami Zayn was on... That it for SmackDown? A show in which... It's never going to happen again. The first wrestling match uh, wasn't until 75 minutes into the fucking show? What? Raw, whatever the fuck? I don't know. I'm saying the, the chair got destroyed. Seth Rollins destroyed the chair. Do you not remember this part? No, because I didn't watch it. 
Yes, yeah, yeah the, the chair got destroyed after the segment, so they knew. Why? Because fuck that segment, it was so bad. The only Why good- did they have an electric chair just to break it? I think that they just kind of like did that on the fly, going, "Yeah, this segment sucks. Destroy it." I don't know, but the only important thing that happened was Sami Zayn mentioned AEW, and Corey Graves was not happy about it. And also, it was cut out of the YouTube version, but not the Hulu version. No, and I don't think the USA Network version either that's cool this company's stupid yeah being stupid did you see the opening segment yeah I did Brock Lesnar he's got a new shirt that I really like it was the only part of the show I actually enjoyed was Brock Lesnar coming out and being a fucking idiot and just Dancing like a moron, like that fucking like he had the mariachi band out for Eddie again. Except now his briefcase has speakers on it. Speakers that don't actually look like speakers, and also I don't think that Brock has ever actually seen anyone hold a boombox before because he's holding it the wrong way. Obviously, that's what makes it even funnier. But also, if they had over the PA, we we're playing like shitty versions of. Seth Rollins and Kofi's themes. And yep. and Heyman was like air guitaring to Rollins theme and it was really good. Like I said, the only part that I actually enjoyed. Yes. It's So yeah, I just want to talk about the one good thing on Raw. That's it. Okay, there was a second good thing on Raw. What? When Brock Lesnar started hitting Heyman with the contract. That's also true. Why are people complaining that he, that, like, oh, Brock should have known the rules of the briefcase? Like, yeah, that would require being on the show or watching it, neither of which he does. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like, how does this surprise you? He's never there. He isn't on the show. Like, how would he know that this is what the fucking rule is? That, to me, makes complete sense. Exactly. I don't know. People are dumb. Hey, John, talk about the one thing from SmackDown that you wrote down. Aleister Black's really sad. Let him out of the room. Let him in? All he wants is... Like, I like that he was cutting one of his dumb, stupid promos that he that he always cuts. And then he ended it by... He was cut off like, look, man, I know these promos are dumb and you just want me to fight someone. But I want someone to challenge me! Did you really say that? Basically, yeah. That's great. Did you not actually see it? No. He got really emotional and and being like, you know, someone like you just want me to pick a fight with someone, but I want someone to pick a fight with me. He didn't cry, but like his voice did get like a little bit of desperation. Like he did kind of come off like he was kind of sad and just like, please notice me. Ricochet gets to have matches? Why can't I have matches? I don't understand what his character is. Is he a babyface? Is he a heel? What is this? I don't know anymore. It sounds like a sympathetic character right there. Kind of, yeah. 
but also maybe not because why does he want someone to pick a fight with him? He needs to just fight our truth and win the twenty four seven title and then hide in that room forever. No one will get him. Except maybe Mojo. Mojo knows how to get into that room. He did get challenged by someone. Really? He did. Who? But it was Buddy Murphy, so it's never going to happen. Oh, yeah, neither of those people exist. Yeah, exactly. They're not allowed on television. That match will happen on 205 Live. No, it won't. You're right, because only one match exists on that show. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Do you want to talk about it? (sighs) Owen. Yeah, what's up? They had Mike Kanellis versus the Brian Kendrick this week on 205 Live. Oh, wait, that's different. And they made a point to say, all right, so, yeah, they had this match. It was whatever. Like, it, it was fine. Brian Kendrick didn't really seem that invested, honestly. He lost. What? And I was like, all right, I guess Mike Kanellis won. Wait a minute. Is this all fucking set up for them to put him up against Tazawa again, considering he just beat Tazawa's mentor? Yeah, dude. And then they have a segment where fucking Tony Nice and Tazawa are backstage confronting fucking Drake Maverick, who's all preoccupied trying to find fucking R-Truth. I'm not joking. Of course. I mean, R-Truth was on this week's 205 Live. I mean, it makes sense. He was in there still in the building. God, fuck this. Dude, the belt exists on all the shows. R-Truth could show up at TakeOver. The point is, Tony Nese was all like, hey, you should make Tozawa the number one contender. Because I want to fight the best. And fucking Drake Maverick was like, yeah, 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 okay, whatever, I'll take into consideration. Oh, and they're clearly setting up to have fucking Tazawa and Mike Kanellis fight one more time for the fucking number one contendership. Here's a joke, you said one more time. It's not one more time, come on. It's going to be a best of seven series. God damn it. God damn it. Let's go. Noam Dar fought a jobber. Cool. I don't like Noam Dar's new character. What's his new character? Is he not the ladies' man anymore? No, he's just like <clears throat> an annoying prick. I mean, he's always been an annoying prick. His whole thing is basically he just like does a bunch of like weird bullying shit of like mocking you, like of like mocking people and like you know he has someone in like a fucking arm bar or something and he's like kind of like slapping them across the face like why are you hitting yourself why are you hitting yourself and shit like that or like he threw the jobber dude out of the ring and started patting himself on the back and like laughing like he's fucking Barry Horowitz I don't like that it felt to me like the wrong kind of heat like it felt to me like this dude is just annoying and I don't want to see him. Not like it reminded me of like the guy that used to always get his ass kicked in high school and now thinks that he's the bully, but also is the kind of person that all the bullies would still shove in a locker. Yeah, it sucks. 
I don't like it. Maybe that works for some people, but it just makes me not want to see him. Agreed. Also, speaking of Destined to Do This Forever, they did fucking Jack Gallagher and Humberto Carrillo again. Great. It was good, but also... We've seen it. Yo, this is just fucking Tozawa and Mike Kanellis again. Or at least they have two matches that you're doing nonstop instead of just one. Humberto won again. What, what, what did he win? Bragging rights. Momentum. Not having to see Drew Gulak's sad posting that they brought up again. Well, Gulak's busy. It's fine. Yeah, busy, sad posting on Instagram. He's doing other things, too. Yeah, sad posting because he's losing. Fuck you. Well, it is what happened, if you want to talk about NXT. Yeah, let's talk about NXT. Fuck Drew Gulak, he lost. Uh, no, not fuck Drew Gulak, he lost. He had a really fucking good match. This was my favorite match of the week. He's garbage. Why? Why are you hating on Drew Gulak? This match was legitimately amazing. This is a very good match. Best match of the week. You're out of your damn mind. If the week starts on Monday. Okay, fair. And no, it doesn't. The week starts on Sunday. Come on. It still still applies, then. You're not wrong. Thank you. But yeah, this match ruled. So many counters, so many holds. Holy shit. I want to see Kushida and Drew Gulak fight forever. Yeah, this is a really cool match. I wish they did more of it. This was Kushida won with that weird-ass pin. Yeah. It was that was good. a cool weird-ass pin. It's good because it was unexpected. Gulak wasn't expecting it, and he couldn't get out of it because of the way I know, he was so unexpecting it that he was screaming that Kushida's a coward. Yep. So that means they're going to wrestle again. Speaking of people wrestling again... Yeah. Mia Yim and Bianca Belair fought again. Yep, that was the first match of the show. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, but it's kind of a big deal. Uh, yeah, I know it's a big deal because Bianca took her first, like, real pin. Yeah, the commentary brought up before the match that she'd never been pinned, and I went, oh, that's what we're doing. Yeah, and it was fine. It. Yeah. It was, it was fine. I don't know. Like, I, I thought it was an okay match. Like, me, look, I like Mia Yim. I think she's very talented. I, I like Bianca Belair a fuck of a lot. I think that it's very clear that Bianca, the kind of wrestler that she is, and, like, they're the, you know, skills that she has, she's not really the kind of person that can really go for, like, a very long match. You didn't do the, she, the best she could with it. I'm not saying that she didn't do the best she could with it. I'm saying that, like they should know better than to book her in an over-10-minute match. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Mia tried to do her best to work with what she had, but... No, absolutely. I'm, did, I'm not it, saying it otherwise. It, it didn't work out quite that well, but it was fine. Again, I'm I'm not blaming Mia or anyone else, or, like, any oh, no, of the talent I'll blame involved. Bianca. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even blaming Bianca. I'm blaming the fucking, like, producers and bookers that should know better than, like to put Bianca in a match that kind of exposes her because it kind of exposes how limited she really is. Mm -hmm. Like she doesn't have that much that she does that she's like, can really space it out over like a 10, 12 minute match. Like she had this time. Yep. 
But it was not to say she didn't have some good moves. It wasn't very exciting. Like this was a this was a good match. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but what's good there is that it gave me a big boost that she needed because they clearly have big plans for her. Who, Bianca? No, Mia, because she won. Oh, Mia, yeah. Well. This should be momentum so she can maybe be in the title hunt after TakeOver. Yeah, sure. John? (sighs) Do we have to talk about this? This, I've never had my heart broken so badly. You know what? I'm going to say that we wait to talk about it uh, in the next segment. Okay, then let's talk about the main event. No, there was no main event. Oh, right, there was no main event. I forgot. I mean, they claim that there was going to be a match between Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch versus the Forgotten Sons, but that's not a thing that ever should exist, so I I refuse to believe that actually happened, and I believe that NXT ended at 8.40 tonight. What a weird short episode. John, accept my joke. I do accept your joke. The, the forgotten main event. I do accept it. And I Good. will subscribe to this newsletter. Thank you. Let's talk about the next thing then. Hey, Owen! Oh, geez, what? Hey, hello. Remember the part where there's a fucking pay-per-view on Saturday? Because I kind of forgot. Saturdays are for wrestling pay-per-views. I it's remember. Not the other, and it's not the other pay-per-view I thought it was going to be this week, which, thank God for that. But yeah, I knew that this was a pay-per-view because I'm traveling with some friends this weekend and we're all going to watch it together. Oh, and... Pretty hype. It's NXT TakeOver 25. 25! And I have the card right here. Hey, John. And we're going to get predictions. You know what my favorite part about this show is? What? The video that they do to hype up the show. Uh, They show two arenas. I'm in both of them. All right then. Because they showed the the take uh, NXT arrival, which I was at, and the first Brooklyn, which you and I were at. They show other arenas. No, but the first, yeah, in other clips. But the two wide shots are Brooklyn and arrival. All right. At the beginning, they showed like highlights oh, of other matches, but yeah. Let's run down the card. John, what did you write here first? Letter match. Oh, that's all you got. Uh, you want to take it? No, I, I'm t- I'm tired. This has been a long episode. I'm tired too. Fine. Letter match. The bald bulls of Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. The Forgotten Sons, unfortunately. I, John, Street Profits. I, I thought you just said that match didn't happen. I'm not talking about that match because oh. I'm talking about the Street Profits and the Undisputed Era of Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish in a ladder match for the vacant NXT Tag Team Championships. Oh, and you had those other two teams. Now I care about it suddenly. Who you got, Owen, who you got John? Shock the motherfucking system. Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm going to say yes. But I would I would like the Street Profits to win, but the Undisputed Era are going to do it. 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. I would like the Street Profits to win, but it's going to be the era. What are the odds that the Forgotten Sons win? Just to piss everyone off. Kill me. I will. I will literally turn off the show. I will actually turn off the show. Yeah, when will you turn it back on? After I read the results. Wow. That that is how angry that would make me. You you would give up the the match is second to last that you wrote here. I mean, I'd watch it eventually. Okay. Let's just continue with the card. So we both have the undisputed error winning. Oh, and next we have High Chancellor Bro versus One Strunky Boy. I, I think Riddle's going to get his win back. Yeah, Matt Riddle's obviously... You don't... Look, man. You don't get a bloody sandal if you ain't going to finish the job. He didn't finish the job. He going to get got. True. You should, you Rats drunk, you fucked up. You should have killed him. I don't understand how you do that and not kill him. You fucked up, Stronky boy. The Queen of the Bullies versus the Angry Flying Kabuki Lady. Or Katana Lady, sorry. Wow. Okay. Yep, I fucked up there. Yikes. Um, she, had, she has a kendo stick and she's real mad. She's not allowed to have the kendo stick in the match. Says you. They said it on this episode. Yeah, says them. All right. Regal didn't say it. What What if? Shayna said it. Fuck Shayna. Who cares what she thinks? She's a jerk. So hold on. Hear me out. Uh, so on this week's episode, Candace said that she would uh, be at ringside with the uh, EO. What if EO did not seem very excited about that? What if instead she just brings a kendo stick with a blonde wig on? Let's say that's Candace. Okay. Yeah. She's she's not gonna win though. Queen of Queen of the Bullies for life. actually going to go in a different direction here, and I'm going to say that EO does win. Really? And this is going to be the start of EO's heel turn. What? No way. You can't. Oh, EO is totally going to turn heel. I mean, Candace should turn heel. No. Why would, why would you have a heel champion all this time and then just go to another heel? Because fuck you, that's why. Because this one beats the shit out of you with kendo sticks and is angry. Who's she gonna like? If uh, if Kyrie was still around, I'd understand that. If she turned on her, but no, no way. Turn on Candace. Fuck okay. the Candace. Candace should turn on her, but whatever. Why would you have Candace be a heel? Because she secretly got the black heart. She became the Champa. She's not cheating on her husband with Champa. That can't be your answer for everything. What if? I don't know. That and that last takeover seems suspicious. Not everyone can be Samoa Joe, but Chopa could be. He is very evil. He wants to destroy Johnny Gargano's life. How? How else than steal his wife? Owen, I'm not even going to give a prediction for the next match. I'm going to give you a statement. And fuck the Velveteen Dream. That's a bold statement. Why would you say that? Did you you saw that fucking thing on NXT this week? Oh yeah, I, I know. I, I just setting you up to say that. 
Tell tell the folks about the thing on NXT this week because I'm too mad. They, Velveteen Dream did a promo with a selfie stick, and he just said everything that we know is true with video clips of Tyler Breeze's entire career from NXT through the main. Not even that. His fucking main roster. They brought up his fucking initial feud with Dolph Ziggler when he had fucking Summer Rae as his fucking valet. Yeah, they did. They did all that. All his NXT stuff. All his main roster stuff, including his early days. Yikes! And and the fashion files. I like the fashion files. Fellas, you can go fuck himself. That Velveteen Dream can go fuck himself. It's true, but... This is fucked up. It is fucked up. Who's gonna win? (sighs) You know who's gonna win. Yeah, I do. Who do you have? I mean, it's obvious the fucking Dream is winning. No! Fuck you, Tyler Breeze wins. He should. I want him to. Tyler Breeze gets one more run, and he finally gets that NXT gold that he's been wanting. He deserved, I hope so. He deserved the NXT championship during his first run, given the, the, the North America title, you cowards. I don't disagree with you, I just don't think it's going to happen. Well, fuck you, that's what I think. I'm, I'm voting with my heart. That's fine, I respect that, you should. I, I fucking love Breezes. Oh, also, Oscar has a uh, interesting twist about my Candace thing. He says uh, Gargano is cheating on Candace with Champa. What do you think about that? No, no, because everyone knows that Champa has always been the third. It's true. All right, what's our uh, what's our main event? Speaking of, it is indeed Johnson Rasselmans versus Alan Cold, aka who do I root for? Although I guess after watching that that takeover uh, target takeover, I guess the answer is I I do root for Johnson Rasselmans. Nope, Alan Cold's children. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm not going to disagree with you there. John? Alan, Alan Cold, indeed. John? Yeah? If we're picking the Undisputed Era to win the tag belts, they have to win this belt, too. Yeah, clearly. Which is why I do, in fact, think that Alan Cole is going to win. I'm just saying they did do a good job of making me like Johnny Wrestling again after that really bad promo from last week. Mm-hmm. But hear me out. Did you, did you watch that yet? No. Watch it. No. Please, because I need someone else to confirm that this actually happened. Remind me tomorrow. Fine. Hey, John? What's that, Owen? Hear me out to complete the process. Uh, The Undisputed Era win the tag belts. Adam Cole wins the championship. Tyler Breeze wins the North American title to transition it to uh, the Rod Strong. Aw, man! Yep. He would be good to transition to the Rod Strong. Fuck. Right? There it is. I want him to have more of a reign than that. He's my Breezes. You might get him up with it. It's Breezes Christ. 
Superstar? Yeah. Man, I want you Clearly. To write, I want you to write that now. Get on it's the that. episode title. No, the episode title. No, the episode title is Double or Nothing Recap and Takeover 25 Predictions. No, it's Breezes Christ Superstar. I can't think about it. And yes, I'll put that as a song in the musical episode. Oh, I don't want that to happen. Just end the show. This has been Heel Turn, a production of ProWrestling.Cool. It's not just cool, it's not cool. It's a website. Go to the website. Yeah. That's it. Patreon.cool. That's also a website. Go to the website. And you can help us for at least a dollar a month to get all the show notes. And also, at the dollar a month tier, you'll get the Oscar and Trace uh, Double or Nothing podcast when that goes up. Either this week or next week. I'm going to guess next week. Twitter and Facebook? We're on there. Yep. Search Facebook for ProWrestling.Cool at PWDOTC on Twitter. Twitch? Yep. Twitch is Ozone Online. See, I like this. I'm just basically doing the Orange Cassidy outro of I just say the absolute, I say and do the absolute least to get by, and you're just filling in the blanks because I guess you can, but I don't need to because I'm Orange Cassidying it up. Fair. You can't see on camera, but I do have my hands in my pockets. I'm kayfabing. I actually don't. Yeah, you're you're, you're exposing the business. My sunglasses are in the other room, unfortunately. John. What? But where's your Twitter? At I am John GM. Where is your Twitch? Video underscore shames. Excellent. I'm on Twitter at the underscore ozone, and I'm not plugging my TikTok anymore. I'm, I'm not using it. Good. You gave up on it, like everybody else. I'll, I'll revisit it to watch other people's stuff. Don't worry about it. I wish people cared about TikTok. I know, me too. Next time we hang out, we'll pull up some good ones, don't worry. Alright, but John, we'll be back next week with another episode and with all our reactions to Tyler Breeze winning the North American Championship. So, until then... Yeah, I need to leave this room because this cat really wants to leave this room. Y'all come back now or something. This podcast is a part of the Zonecast Network, produced and edited by Owen Douglas. Find more of our shows at zonecast.com.